a little girl came home from church waving a piece of paper with a brightly coloured uh, picture on it. Mummy, mummy, she said excitedly, my Sunday school t- teacher says I drew the most unusual Christmas picture she's ever seen. The girl's mum took a look at the drawing and had to agree with the teacher. Mum said, this is beautiful, but why are all these people flying in an aeroplane? The little girl replied, well, that's the flight into Egypt. Oh, Oh, said the mother, and who is this mean-looking man sitting at the front of the the plane? That's Pontius the pilot, (laughs) said the girl impatiently. Okay, well, now I see you've, you've drawn Mary, Joseph, and the baby Jesus. But who is that fat man sitting behind them? And the little girl sighed and said, Mom, can't you tell? That's round John Virgin. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like that, isn't it? Uh, here's a little girl who's uh, a little bit confused about, uh, about the Christmas story. She's embellished and she's, she's added things uh, to the message that don't uh, really belong there. And that's something that we Aussies um, have a tendency to do at this time of year. We've got some great traditions, but they're not necessarily um, what Christmas is about. The first tradition I want to mention is um, the buying of, uh, of presents. Uh, for many of us, um, cr- uh, buying gifts at Christmas is the most stressful um, aspect of this time of year. If you're a male, um, the stress level is probably kind of peaking right now because you've probably left your uh, present buying to the last minute. Anybody in that boat? Yeah. So the shopping experience begins by doing... Um, about a half an hour lap around the car park trying to find a car spot. You finally find it, you rush in, the place is packed, full of people, and through the PA system is blaring uh, Bing Crosby's I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas. And it's between 30 degrees uh, temperature outside. It just doesn't make sense. And we do all of this to buy gifts that people probably don't want with money that we probably don't have. The second uh, tradition that we have is of eating and drinking. It's like Christmas gives us the license to indulge in all those things that we enjoy, plum pudding and pork crackling and custard, all on the same plate at the same time. (laughs) Our our, our family Christmas... Do do folks here have like a, a Christmas dish that you kind of just have at Christmas time? Ours is a prawn, cashew, and uh, peach salad, which we really, really enjoy. It's beautiful. But we only ever have it at Christmas, on Christmas Day. It's crazy. We could have it any other time, but we can't because it's our Christmas salad. It's kind of like this sacred, sacred meal. And what we do is we, as we indulge in, um, in, our, in, our, in our food and our drink, the average Aussie will put on two kilos over the Christmas period. We spend the rest of the year trying to work off that weight, and we, we, we're successful by the end of November, and then we repeat the cycle all over again. Then the third tradition we have is, is catching up with, um, with our family, which is a wonderful tradition. I heard a, a great story of a, a family Christmas get-together 
was an elderly man in Sydney called his son in Perth the week before Christmas, and he says, I hate to ruin your, your, your day, son, but I have to tell you that your mother and I are divorcing after 40 years of misery. What? The son screams, Dad, what are you talking about? You can't do that. Well, we can and we are. It's over between your mother and I, so why don't you call your sister in Brisbane and tell her the good news? So the son gets on the phone, calls his sister and tells her that mum and dad are going to separate, are going their separate ways after what they had thought were 40 really good happy years together. Well, the daughter um, explodes. There's no way they're going to get divorced. I'll take care of this. So she calls her dad and begins to weep on the phone. She says, Dad, what, what, what's happening? You, you can't get a divorce. Don't do a thing until we get there. I'm going to call my brother back and we'll be there tomorrow. Until then, just don't do a thing. So dad gets off the phone. He turns to his wife and says, okay, well, they're both coming home for Christmas. <laughs> and better still, they're paying their own fares. <laughs> You've got to love these, uh, this time where we kind of... Uh, Right, the weird uncle or the strange aunt, we all get together and um, pretend we love and care for one another, don't we? And then the fourth tradition, which is uh, one of my favourites, is the Boxing Day Test Match. <laughs> it's not Christmas unless you're sitting in front of the TV watching five days of test cricket, particularly when Australia are playing the Poms and we're 3-0 up. But we won't go there. For many of us, uh, without these four traditions, buying presents, overindulging in food and drink, catching up with family and watching the cricket, it simply wouldn't be Christmas. And, and look, they're great traditions. They're things that I, I personally love and participate in, and, and I just think uh, is what makes this time of year so special and unique. But at the end of the day, they are things that we've added to the Christmas story that can actually cause us to miss the real reason for the season. Um, this morning we lit um, the Advent candle of love. This um, candle acts as a reminder that the essence of the Christmas message is God's passionate love for humanity. How do you know when, when someone loves something or someone? It's actually really quite easy to tell when someone is in love with something or someone. Hands up the gardeners here. When someone loves gardening, um, they have no problem um, spending hours in the yard weeding and watering. They plant seeds and they patiently uh, watch them grow. And you meet them and they, they, they come alive when they talk about um, their, their gardenias and whatever else it is. I mean, I'm the person that can actually kill a, 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 a plastic plant. You know, but these people, they, they just love... It just, it's, watering and weeding is no problem for them. And when you talk to them, they come alive when you're talking about their plants. How do you know if someone loves football? <laughs> Not AFL, 
but the real football. <laughs> soccer, soccer. Yes, uh, while I was, uh, I was praying and preparing for this morning, my team, Newcastle United, were playing. And so I'm kind of working on my, my sermon and I'm praying. And then I'm flicking over to the BBC uh, football website just to kind of make sure that they're doing okay. And I've got great news this morning. <laughs> great news of great joy. Newcastle won 3-2 this morning. That's the first game they've won in 10 matches. So you talk to me about footy, football, about Newcastle United and the Premier League, I'll just come alive and uh, you won't shut me up. The same as you Collingwood supporters. You come alive. You're energised. There's something about it. How do you know... If someone loves cars, apart from the fact that they are broke, they polish the thing all the time, and in secret, this is what they do. Behind, in the garage, they sneak into the garage, and they kiss their car. My point is this. Love always has a corresponding action. Love is what love does. And love does incredible things. Love goes to great lengths. Love does crazy things. Love causes you to do things you never thought that you would do, such as sit through another episode of Pride and Prejudice. I just didn't think there were so many versions of Pride and Prejudice. And they all seem to feature the same. All those actors and actresses all look the same, those British... Love even takes your wife to the ballet. Oh. And my granddaughter to the ballet. We find ourselves doing crazy, incredible things, things if we were left to our own devices, we would never do. Love causes a mother to get up in the middle of the night to care for her crying baby. Do they enjoy it? No. No. But they get up again and again and again. Why? Because love is what love does. Love does the irrational and the unreasonable because love, at the end of the day, is crazy. And Christmas is all about the irrational, unreasonable, radical, passionate, crazy love of God. The most well-known verse in the Bible begins with these words. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. And how do we know God so loved the world? It goes on to say that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. How do you know God loves you? Well, God showed it through the giving of his son. God was motivated to do something because love is what love does. 
God in his love was motivated and mobilized to do something for humanity, to help us get out of the mess that we all find ourselves in. God didn't wait for us to get our lives together. He didn't wait for us to go on a hunt for him. But God initiated his love. God pursued us and pursued this love affair between heaven and earth. And God left the splendor of heaven. He came down to planet earth. He was nursed in a... Can I touch this, Steve? Where's Steve Piccone? He Apparently, baby Jesus was facing that way. And Steve thought that wasn't appropriate for Jesus, baby Jesus to be looking at the wall. So uh, he turned baby Jesus around. I'm going to mess with baby Jesus again, Stephen. Sorry about this. Sorry to upset your feng shui or whatever it is. But love came down. Love came down. And God placed himself in the hands of humanity. What an incredibly risky, radical, crazy, dangerous thing to do. Because we know that every dad, including Joseph, at some point drops their baby. Don't they? Is is it just me? Come on, this is, this is confession time. How many of you fathers have, well, you might not have dropped the baby, but you're kind of watching the football or whatever it is, watching the cricket on Boxing Day, and you kind of bump the, bang the baby's head. Is, is it just me, or am I the only one? Just me. I won't report you, I promise. But what an incredibly dangerous vulnerable thing for God to do, for divinity to be placed into the hands of humanity. What a risk God was taking. But love does insane things. And the Bible says that this baby grew up and became a man. And whether he was loved or loathed, whether he was followed or feared, whether he was received or rejected, Jesus kept on loving. Nothing could hold back the fierceness of his love. And ultimately, this God, which was sent from heaven as a gift to the world, was taken by the powers that be. He was betrayed, he was was beaten, he was battered, and crucified on a criminal's cross. And you know what? Jesus could have avoided it all, but he chose to suffer and die. Why? Because of love. And it was all part of God's plan. God left the perfection of heaven to come to earth, to live and to die for you and for me. We didn't ask for it and we certainly didn't deserve it. The Bible says that while we were still sinners, while we were still doing our own thing, while we're still living selfishly and sinfully, living obliviously to God, it never deterred him. 
God says, I'm coming anyway. I'll still love you. God says whether you accept me or reject me. That's irrelevant. I'm filled with such a crazy, passionate, irrational love. Nothing is going to stop me from reaching out to you. Because love is what love does. And love acts in the most unreasonable and unexpected ways. And that, folks, is what Christmas is all about. With the choir light to come, and I'm actually going to, I didn't realize Liz was going to read that poem that was written in the 1800s by Christina Rossetti, which starts with these words. Love came down at Christmas. Love all lovely, love divine. Love was born at Christmas. Star and angels gave the sign. Folks, in the midst of our wonderful Christmas traditions, the tradition of, of buying and giving presents, in the tradition of overindulging in food and drink, in the midst of family celebrations with strange aunts and uncles who we never get together with uh, at any other time but Christmas, in the midst of the tradition of the, the Boxing Day Test Match, please don't lose sight of what the Christmas story is all about. It's actually about the crazy, irrational, unreasonable, unfathomable, passionate and powerful love of God for you and for everyone you meet.